When you think of diet, what comes to mind? For some, it may be an aching sound that means restricting your greasy, salty, sweet, or rather self-indulgent foods. For others, it might mean feeling good, staying fit, or having a higher self-esteem. No matter what you think of, research and observations of human health have made one thing clear. What you eat, in addition to how much you eat, will directly impact how long you live. Today, more people die from type 2 diabetes than violence. Sugar is now more dangerous than gunpowder. With more extensive research and recent health fads driving conversation across the globe, humans have never been more diet conscious. Clear scientific findings point towards healthy diets leading to longer lifespans. A famous man once said, time is money. At this point, in addition, it also might be wise to say, time is food. I'm your host, Will Andrus, and welcome back to the Curious Ape Podcast. Hey, you, over there. Yeah, you. You need to fucking learn more. Christmas Eve, everybody. Merry Christmas to you as well, do. Well, Merry Christmas Eve. Or Good Yule, as they say in Swedish. Good Yule? Is that really how they say it? Good, good Yule. Good Yule. Good Yule. What in Sweden don't they have someone that replaces Santa Claus? It's like a Yule Goat? Yes, Yule Goat. It's like a miniature Santa Claus that rides on a goat. <laughs> Now I forgot the word for goat in Swedish, but isn't there pictures? Doesn't he lives in his face like a, shaped like a goat though? Oh, you're no, you're thinking of like a half goat, half man kind of thing. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of uh, what's the other evil Santa that comes? Uh, Krampus, Krampus. Krampus. I think that's a German. Tradition. Oh God, and the Germans will be mad at me. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it is German. Something Sounds pretty like cool. That. But we just have a plump, plump little fella. Who eats cookies. Well, Santa Claus. Which is not good for you at all, right? You know what? That's funny because we're talking about food today. Really? Yeah. And we actually did pick a bad time to talk about food because in the holidays when we're coming home. That's what I was going to say. It's kind of ironic because we're probably eating oh, the I'm most eat, sugars, I'm eating worse than I've eaten in a couple months by yeah. now for sure, dude. I. Definitely, mom's got got soft drinks on deck in the fridge. Got unlimited sweets upstairs. Everyone is. But to put a positive spin on it, I think the majority of people will listen to this after Christmas and maybe more towards the beginning of the new year where we'll be making all these New Year's resolutions. All the resolutions that last for about a couple of weeks and and then they just slowly fade away. Hey, but maybe we can help structure some people's new diet plans for the new year yeah maybe maybe that um that'd be a that'd be nice if uh if we can somehow help in that aspect so yeah um we uh we've got a new crib if you're watching the video um we're back at the parents house for the holidays um we have a new backdrop uh got some of my favorite books my favorite book holders which 
are two apes holding books, two chimps, I guess, um, holding books, reading, because reading equals knowledge, knowledge yeah. equals smart people. Maybe ultimately what inspired the name of the podcast was these, uh, yeah, that honestly, yeah, well, no, I actually think I came up with the name before I got these, so, okay, Never but mind. I'm not sure. Anyways, nevertheless, yeah, we got our wreath behind us. We're in the Christmas spirit. You're wearing um, a little little Christmas scarf there. A little you? Christmas scarf. It's quite comfortable as well. I, I don't wear scarves that much, but maybe I should. They feel yeah. um, you look nice comfy. around the neck. See, I didn't really... Warm. I knew you were wearing pajamas, so I threw on my pajamas, but I look like I'm going to a funeral. I'm wearing like all black pajamas. Well, that's what you asked for. The Grinch. Yeah. Some call me the Grinch. <laughs> Alrighty, um, I guess we'll get into it. So for today, again, like we said, we're going to be talking about mainly food um, and dieting. And for the most part, we're talking about possibly diets that we would consider healthy. And when we say healthy, what we're kind of meaning by that, I believe, is we're talking about um, diets that will lead to a longer <clears throat> lifespan. Right. And in that case, usually... In the process of leading a longer lifespan, it means eliminating potential diseases yeah. that are that are going to cause death. Um, so whatever you know, cardiovascular diseases, right. uh, cancer. Um, I got a list. Do you want me to go through? List? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go through. Okay. So I looked up the top causes of death from the CDC in 2017, and number one is heart disease, which we know can be highly uh, food associated, you know, there's obviously genetic factors in all these, but the ones I'm going to talk about are, are definitely, studies have shown are correlated to um, diets. Cancer is the number two cause, accounting for 21.3% of the deaths. The heart disease accounts for 23.5% of the deaths. Uh, at number five, strokes, um, which account for about 5%. Diabetes is number seven about 3% of the deaths in 2017, and number nine is kidney disease, which is almost 2% of the deaths in 2017. So I think diets can be related to all these. The other ones were, I'm going to forget them, uh, suicides was one of them. Anyway, I'm not going to worry about it because yeah, they're not food related. That. So all of the ones you just listed were you could probably say that food is a big cause of a lot of those. Yeah, some some more more than others. I think a lot of a lot of cancers are hard to to associate with food consumption, but definitely specific types of cancers. Um, heart disease definitely the number one mm-hmm. is big, and um, a lot of studies have been shown to that certain foods. And in saying that, when we risk. say eat foods, we're um, also obviously like insinuating with that what foods you shouldn't eat because a lot of, you know, abstaining from certain foods could also, you know, lead to a less chance of you getting, it's, it's not like you, uh, yeah, anyways, you, you, you it's, it's what you eat and what you also don't eat at the same time that yeah. could lead, that could lead to these diseases. Yeah. Earlier I said, them. it's almost more important to not eat certain things, but in reality it's, it's the same. I mean, it's, if you don't eat these things then you have a rather limited set of things you are eating. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, for sure. So, yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, so our focus is really on longevity. And another 
uh, conversation that's that we could really talk about is the quantity, the amount of food you eat, because we've also realized that that's a very important factor in terms of longevity. But we're not going to really get into that too much today. We might touch on it some. What we're really focusing on is the quality of food, what you eat or what you don't eat, and how that is mainly going to impact your longevity, how long you're going to live. Right. Yeah, we've been, I mean, we've, I've been into fasting lately and I do find a lot of benefits from it and studies are coming out suggesting it is healthy to fast. But as we got deeper into the, into different, different diets, we realized there's plenty of material for us to go over without touching on yeah. on other diets uh, such as intermittent, intermittent fasting. So we're going to stay off of that today, and maybe that'll be on another Yeah, podcast. since that's more dealing with the quantity of food you eat. But we are going to talk about some of the different recent fads that have been uh, – that you probably heard about. And I don't know how really recent all these are. I mean, they've probably been around for, I don't know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. I don't – some of them. But I feel like they're more – prevalent today and a lot of people are talking to them especially with this whole vegan push and stuff like that and then you have uh you know people wanting to eat over over consuming protein and in some ways to bulk and so there's like a, i guess a, a variety of different fads right now that we're gonna try and um and, and dig into and, and and talk about um and in that process we'll try and kind of break them down and and kind of identify the composition, what foods are in those specific diets. Because all in all, what we've kind of noticed is, in reality, over the, you know, since for about 20 or 30 years, we've known most of this stuff, most of the essential, um, you know, main foods that are bad for you and what not to eat. Um, It's not really that a ton of new stuff is coming out. It just seems like there's, people are putting it into more concise diet like diet formats and yeah. you know, fads and stuff, and they're but but really not all that much has changed. We've known these essential good and bad foods for a while. Well, I we, think we just love to focus on the differences, and this is most prevalent in politics, right? We 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 always focus on these smaller factors that are different. I think this is a lot of what diets do, whereas the core foundation of most of them are generally agreed upon, and that's what we're going to try to derive today. Yeah, the agreed upon. Uh, parts of of kind of each each diet yeah which which most scientists would agree are healthy and help prevent diseases okay so let's talk about some of the main fads then that have been kind of in recently or or recent diets okay i don't necessarily like the term fad but these are overall diets that have been prevalent in the past 20-30 years um, that we've seen spike up at certain times and and but most you'll probably heard of of some of them or most of them um so yeah i'll I'll, i can start by walking through the ones i have listed and these are from uh a study or a paper written by david katz uh titled can we say what diet is best for health and uh, david katz is the founding director of yale uh, University Prevention Research Center, and this was written in 2014. So this is what I uh, I found it pretty comprehensive and a good source to, to draw from. So he goes over the different diets, and that's what you're going to do right now. And I think Dewey is going to jump in where we may have some definitions that need to be defined. Yeah, well, just clarification on things. I mean, I don't know how uh, health, uh, you know, how 
listeners, I'm sure it will vary um, for myself before, you know, really doing a little bit of the research we've done lately. I, I was kind of dumbfounded on a lot of health topics. You know, I'm not certainly not afraid to admit that. Like, I think everyone, I mean, unless you're, you're really studious and really care a lot about, you know, your diet, which plenty of people do, um, a lot of these things might come as a surprise to you, or there might be certain things that were not completely clear um, in the past that we're going to try and make clear for you. Um, some may seem basic, um, and some might you might not have heard of or whatever, but yeah, we're just going to try and generally, what I'm going to try and do to add into what Pete's, you know, going to say here soon is that like, um, try and help people when they're generally, you know, going about their day, uh, whatever, in the grocery store, some labels you might, food labels that you might run across that might be unclear, um, or just food groups that you hear people yeah. talk about that you don't really know what they do, how they work, stuff like that. I'll just try and clarify some things like that along the way. Okay, let's jump into it. So, the seven diet categories that, uh, that we pulled out of this are low carb, low fat, low glycemic, Mediterranean, mixed slash balanced, paleo, and vegan. So most a lot of those terms I'm sure jump out to you. Some of them may be clearer than others, but let's walk through and uh, talk about what each of those mean and see what kind of proven benefits they've shown. So starting with low carb, um, generally defined as 45% or less of your total calories from carbohydrates. Uh, most, familiar, most familiarized by the Atkins diet, um, going low carb. I think it's, it was really advertised as a weight loss, but there's been other th um, benefits that have shown, but primarily I think weight loss is one of them. I think when, just a butt in, I think a lot of times when we're thinking of carbohydrates, a lot of people are instantly, because this is what comes to mind in my head, is a lot of times bread, pasta, right. things like that. But in addition to those, some key carbs are fruits and vegetables. I mean, they're very common. And in fact, in a lot of these diets, or I guess what's common among most diets is that they will say a lot of the carbohydrates you want to get would be from fruit or vegetables. And those are what we would consider whole carbohydrates um, or complex carbohydrates okay. either way. Um, and that's important to distinguish from the other type of bad carbohydrates that a lot of people talk about. And that would, the bad carbohydrates would be called refined carbs or simple carbs. Okay. What's an example of a simple carb? So a, a simple carb, um, I believe, could be anything like simple sugars. So we're talking about things like maybe like a soda or something like that, um, what you could get from a soda. Um, but also... I believe like white pasta, things like that that aren't whole grains. So whole grains, I guess I'm pretty sure would be considered, well, obviously, yeah, whole carbohydrates. Um, so yeah, if we're talking about refined carbs, the generally bad carbs, we're talking about maybe sugar-sweetened beverages, fruit juices, pastries, um, yeah, white pasta, white rice, things flour, like that. refined flour. Exactly. I like to think of it as the simple stuff is more broken down. So your body just kind of takes it in, absorbs it really fast, and it's like instant energy. And this, this tends to not be good for our uh, certain systems within our body. Versus more complex carbohydrate, we're talking like the whole grains and stuff. And 
I think one inclusion is the fiber in it is a big factor. Yeah. Yeah, it's common that when you do have the refined carbohydrates, they would take out the fiber. Right. They would get lost in the process or extracted somehow. So that's an important thing to know. But your body generally breaks it down slower, so it's it's not an instant blast of energy. Like you think of when you're eating um, Sour Patch Kids or like a bag of gummies. Exactly. No, that's a good example. Yeah, and I would say uh, to get like a little – to give an example like from my life, a lot of times what I do try and do – is substitute sometimes i feel like i've had a lot of caffeine for the day so then i move to sugar because it does give me an instant boost of energy um like sometimes throughout my work week or whatever if i feel like i've had too much coffee i might switch it up and even though i know obviously how bad something like a soda is sometimes i use that because i know i'm going to get that instant burst of energy or the same with candy like i think you know like when when you're at a movie or when you're at home, you know, during like Christmas time, yeah. you love those sweets because they give you this little kind of, you might feel like blah later, a little bit down the road, like maybe in like 30 minutes after. But for the first like 15, 20 minutes, you're like on a sugar high. You're just, you know, jumping around. Everything's great. No, I mean, I, I felt this so strong on Sunday. We had our Christmas party and there's obviously a, a ton of uh, cookies and candies and stuff. And I was like, you know, it's just hard to kind of want to splurge when it's the holidays and you're celebrating. And so you eat a few too many cookies and sugary candies and you do get a little spike. But then you just feel like blah. Absolute shit. Maybe, you know, 30 minutes. I think that's your body, like digesting all that, taking it all in and kind of reacting to that, I guess, uh, sugar hangover of some sort. Yeah, sure. Come down. So low carb, that's uh, a diet that's definitely be trendy. I think most of the benefits have been seen in, in people losing weight. One thing that can be kind of tricky is that people who limit the amount of carbs they eat generally don't eat as many calories. So it could be kind of confused with a calorie, caloric restriction diet just because carbohydrates are the most uh are the biggest source of calories. For yeah, there's a lot of densely packed calories into into carbohydrates. And as a reference, uh, I just looked up right before this, the typical American diet from Wikipedia, which I think may be more of a suggestion than actual data, is 2,200 calories, 50% of them from carbohydrates. Is this recommended or the absolute, or like the statistic of an average among U.S., do you know? This... Like was quoted as a average. Oh, okay. But I didn't do enough research to look behind it, so we're just going to use it as a reference. Okay, yeah. It's, it's not going to mean too much. I think Americans eat more calories than twenty two hundred. Yeah, no, they That's do. It was why. we looked at it before. It was thirty thirty six hundred. Thirty six hundred okay, would yeah. be the one on that the National and Geographic whatever uh, diagram they had. Okay, so take this as a suggestion. Anyway, just as a reference frame, fifty percent carbohydrates, thirty five percent from fat. And 15 from protein. And then, oh, okay. So, oh, yeah. So 50% carbs, 35% fat, 15% protein. Okay. Yeah. And we can just use that as, as kind of a reference frame. To, cause, so now when we say low carb, we're saying, okay, carbs below that. And below I said, that 50%. Yeah. Yeah. A and lot. I said 45% or less. So, you know, most Atkins diets would probably have you more towards like 20% or 25, 30% yeah. carbs and all. Fat protein, fat protein. Moving on. Uh, the next category would be what some people call low fat. 
and this would would include a lot of vegetarian diets um, so I have it cited here 20% or less of total calories from fat which as we just said reference from a 35% fat recommendation is low fat diet um, this one is important to note I think we'll talk a little bit more about it later uh, because it is relevant to some of the blue zone diets that we'll get into and I won't worry about that now but a low-fat diet has been sh has shown has been shown to have favorable cardiovascular effects as well as um, lower cancer rates and yeah just a just another category and we'll keep moving on the next one I have is low glycemic this one may be unfamiliar it was unfamiliar to me I think when we talk about uh, glycemic load it's it's not very intuitive for most people so certain foods increase your your glycemic index uh, these would be like refined starches added sugar kind of simple carbohydrates like we were talking about earlier and as well as some vegetables and actually a lot of fruits so think of like sugars increase this factor known as the glycemic index which is highly related to blood glucose levels if I'm not mistaken um, this is a category of diets it has been shown to to with some weight loss diabetes control and uh, improved cardiovascular function which is preventative of cardiovascular disease the number one killer in 2017 another one I know this might be Dewey's favorite it's also tends to be one of my favorite diets that we've read about lately and it has a lot of uh, good research behind it is the Mediterranean diet oh the Mediterranean yeah it's my it's my favorite and this has an emphasis on olive oil lots of vegetables fruits nuts and seeds. just a variety of different flavors I feel like when you read it, the Mediterraneans are kind of known it's, for providing lots of different flavor into their unique uh dishes yeah and uh, you can talk about it a little bit more i was just gonna get generally just get hyped about the mediterranean beans diet. legumes whole grains some seafood and limited meat consumption. they're nice because they're not saying well in most cases you're it's not that you're you're not able to eat meat it's not that you're not able to eat dairy or eggs it is say very little amounts of it um i think you're getting you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of your food from, like, primarily fruits and vegetables. Uh, yes. And beans, okay, and beans and nuts. I believe that's also a big part of it, right? Right, right. Um, they also have a, a big inclusion of, of whole grains, and, you know, I don't think they're afraid of bread, but they're not. Sure, eating, yeah, but whole grains, not, um, yeah, certainly not refined carbohydrates. But yeah, as you said, there's a lot of foods that we like, that they don't necessarily say you can't eat, they just limit these. And obviously there's varying levels of the Mediterranean diet. Um, there's one that's considered in the blue zones that we will talk about later, but there's varying degrees of this. And I think Americans adapt this diet in some good and bad forms. But definitely very little meat consumption, little bits of seafood, mainly plant-based. Yeah, and very little. I know they explicitly say uh, very, very little red meat. Um, yeah. If they do eat meat, it's typically white meat. It's typically fish. 
or maybe chicken. Yeah. Um, usually not red meat, but again, they're not saying you can't eat any, but just very, very small amounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we gotta look up some some Mediterranean diets when we get back to Virginia. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think one of one of my favorites, I, I'm pretty sure it should be considered Mediterranean, mm. is the quinoa bowls. Is quinoa? I don't know if that's necessarily... I feel like it might be... I don't know. But anyway, so it would include uh, quinoa and then some form of pesto sauce on top of it, sweet potatoes mixed in, uh, arugula, kind of like a splash of hummus, and then feta cheese on top of that some flavor it just blast your mouth with flavor definitely one of my favorites that's um, all you think of when you think mediterranean is the uh yeah quinoa bowl dude those quinoa oh my god those quinoa bowls are so good yeah a pure fire but yeah i i, I want to continue to make those it's very healthy you can add chicken to it if you feel like you need it but i feel like if you add enough beans then you're getting enough there you know so yeah uh so the Mediterranean diet has, you know, when they study these populations that eat primarily Mediterranean-style um, diets, there's an increase in longevity, preserved cognition, uh, reduced risk of cardiovascular disease, as well as reducing some risk of cancer. Now, it's always important to keep in mind that, you know, people could argue that these studies aren't necessarily all based on diet because these people are living different lifestyles. Oh, you're talking about the blue zones. Okay. No, I'm not talking about the blue zones yet, but in oh. general, oh, the diets that they're In general, the study these studies and these facts are are pulled from data that's not all like you oh, said I see associated what you're saying. with yeah. diet. Well, yeah, yeah, no, that's an important thing to clarify. It's it's kind of hard to exclude other um potential factors in one's lifestyle. So you know, you take a group of people, you look at what they're eating, and then you measure whatever, uh, you know, how often do they develop this disease, and when are they dying. But in escape, they, like, it's impossible to, you know, avoid the fact that some of them, I think usually in these studies, they try and find a commonality that they're all living generally healthy lifestyles, right, um, out of the people they take. Yeah, they try to control for... For most factors, but, but some yeah, but it's, it's pretty difficult others. to do. But here's something to keep in mind. I don't want to go off on a, on a total tangent. Just um, just keep in mind these are all suggestions on you know the these foods are correlated with these reductions in certain diseases. Anyway, moving on. Uh, one category is is considered a mixed balance. That's very ambiguous, but in reality, it's just mostly plant based. Some lean animal products. Uh, low-fat and non-fat dairy products, so not excluding all dairy products, but making sure you pick out the low-fat and non-fat dairy ones, with the, with the common restriction of refined starches and added sugars. Um, a lot of different diets can be classified as a mix-slash-balance, but I think the recommendation for the Dietary Guidelines for Americans, which comes out every uh, four or five years, I believe, would fall under this category. Um, and it has it has proven results in you know lowering blood pressure, help preventing diabetes and um, cardiovascular health benefits. Next one, one that I have been fond of at times, and I've had a mixed relationship with. Um, I know a lot of people that really like this one, the paleo mm. diet. I found. I found it really intriguing in the idea of the paleo diet. 
uh, but but to define it, it's a it's a focus on vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, eggs, and lean Typically meat. Typically, what people in the Paleolithic age would have done, they would have gathered berries, nuts, and hunted animals. So right. you're really just trying to get as kind of primal as possible with that eating basically purely meat and nuts, fruits, vegetables, stuff like that, right? Yeah, it's it's hard because there's a lot of different interpretations of it. There's a lot of people that are like, let's say, oh, well, most of the vegetables and fruits and meat that was around in his day doesn't exist today. Mm. There's a lot of arguments on what people actually, homo sapiens actually ate in the Paleolithic era um, because we don't have Mm -hmm. mammoth meat around today. What was the difference? There's a lot of scrutiny in that, but a general interpretation of it would be, like I just said, like Dewey just said, you know, the the meats, the vegetables, the fruits, anything you could pick out, could hunt, um, excluding processed foods that you couldn't have back then. Yeah, they do do that. Yeah, that's that's true. An important point is is grains and dairy as well. Yeah, when when I think about that, when I think about it, I think of one thing they certainly that's like you can't have would be refined carbohydrates. So you're anti- so you yeah. can't have like po- like white pasta right. grains. I don't even think they eat like whole. Do you even eat whole grain? You can't even eat whole grains on that. No, right? that's right. The only said, carbohydrates the you would get would be fruits and vegetables. Correct. The grains you they weren't growing wheat back then, so yeah. that's the interpretation is you don't eat grain, you don't eat bread, you don't eat pasta. Yeah, and you don't eat dairy. Mm-hmm. And another thing to add to while we're just breezing over a couple of these um, various popular diets um, is that I, I feel like generally a lot of times people are looking at these diets for they're not looking at a long term longevity perspective. They're looking at a weight loss perspective. Yeah, that's how a lot of these have become. And especially the paleo, I feel like, because for me, I tried a paleo. I think I lasted like four days on it. (laughs) Not a good attempt, but I was like attempting to lose weight there. And I was like, well, it doesn't sound so bad. I can eat a lot of meat um, and I can, you know, you can still eat a lot. I think one giveaway is people are always like, you can eat as much as you want on paleo. Eat as much as you want. It doesn't matter as long as you kind of stay away Right. From a lot of those fat, not fatty, I'm saying those carbs, I guess, those high-calorie carbs, I think. Yeah, and, and that gets back to the point. What's the difference between the carbohydrates, right? Because this diet, you can eat potato, you can eat sweet potatoes and potatoes, I believe. Mm-hmm. And those are high in carbohydrates, but they're not the carbohydrate, refined carbohydrates yeah. that we were talking about. So... I think in all, a lot of these diets, what we're, what we're kind of coming to here is there's definitely a lot of commonalities yeah. but between them. I mean, a lot of what we've gone through so far is essentially, yeah, trying to eliminate these white, um, I like to call them like white carbs almost, so like white pastas, white bread that aren't whole grain. Um, I feel like a lot of them are saying don't do that. Um, I don't know what's some more commonalities we're finding, I feel like. Um, Generally, low calorie is better. Um, I feel like under most of these, I think you're forced to kind of lower your caloric intake. Yeah, in a lot of ways, they just the foods they make you eat are more filling. You know, when you eat a lot of vegetables and fiber, you're getting full faster, and I think that is points towards a you know a lower calorie consumption, which is 
just a, it's just a commonality. Let's get through the last one, then we'll try to draw okay. draw some some more high level uh, similarities. So the paleo, low in fat, low in the poor carbohydrates, as we were just speaking to, high in vegetables, and all the natural things you would think you would find in the Paleolithic era. Um, one problem, one with one problem with one interpretation of the paleo diet is that a lot of people are think they can just eat as much meat as possible, and it'll be good for you. And I think a lot of people are like drawn to that idea. They're like, "Oh yeah, I can eat as much, you know. I can just eat a bunch." Well, of especially steaks people and bacon. who are trying to gain muscle mass. I yeah. always hear people going, "I'm gonna go paleo," like right. when they're trying to gain weight or say they're. Um, for a sport, for example, like, uh, I don't know, for whatever, wrestling or football or something, you're, you're trying to gain as much uh, muscle mass as possible. And so the one way I remember people talking about it in, like, high school and college is, like, protein, protein, protein. Just load up. Yeah. Eat as much protein it's as possible. Protein diet. Yeah. And so I don't know if we have a lot on that today in particular about why too much meat could be bad for you. Um, that might be another whole argument kind of for another day or, or discussion. Um, but generally, yeah, I think a, a problem that now that a lot of people might have with paleo is that you don't want to overeat, especially meat. red right. meat. That's, and that's a problem with one of the interpretations of the diet that people need to be wary of. But like you were saying, too much meat, there's definitely a scientific consensus on certain kinds of meat. Um, we won't go into it too deeply, but... Red meat, specifically, as well as processed meats, have been associated with higher rates of total mortality, cardiovascular disease, um, specific kinds of cancer, and uh, type 2 diabetes. And that's what certain studies suggest. There's just overconsumption of that. I think some of it, I think the real argument is whether you can eat those things in limitation now. Um, but we will definitely not get into that because that... That's a hot topic for sure. ...opens up a whole new door. Mm-hmm. So... The last one, in contrast to maybe a more meat-eating diet, is a pure vegan diet, um, which just excludes all animal products altogether. No meats, no eggs. No, no dairy. Yeah. Right. Um, so what are you left with at that point? Plants, really. Just plants. Plants, yeah. Fruits, I mean, vegetables. So We only get our food from plants and animals, right? Fruits, vegetables, nuts. Berries, whatever. Yeah, and stuff. Nuts. Uh, what? Um. Wait, can you eat whole whole grain? Yeah. On a vegan? vegan? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just plants. Yeah, that's true. That yeah, okay. Everything else comes from plants. Once you exclude meat, dairy, and milk, everything else okay comes from plants. I mean, seafood is, comes from animals, right? Yeah. Some okay. vegetarians eat seafood, but a vegan would be no animal products at all. Mm-hmm. which leaves you with just sure. what you were just saying. So generally, this is considered a healthy diet um, associated with less inflammation, less risk of cardiovascular disease, less risk of certain cancers, and um, benefits within insulin sensitivity for type 2 diabetes prevention. Uh, one problem with a vegan diet is if people interpret it as a fix-all, and they just say, if I eat everything vegan, I'll be healthy. That's not true, because sugar is a plant source, and you could eat a shit ton of sugar and be mm. and be super unhealthy, right? Yeah, there's a still way, be vegan. You still have to, there's a smart way about going about the yeah. diet to still make sure you get 
especially these food groups that we've mentioned, I mean, you still have to find a way to get um, fats, protein, and carbohydrates. You can't right. kind of miss one. It's still necessary that you would have a little bit of all of them, right? Right, and a lot of people would be like, oh, you, if you go to a vegan diet, you're not going to get enough protein. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of prominent people are coming out and you know showing people vegan diets and vegan meals are coming out that you can look up on your own that have ample amounts of protein that kind of prove that point mute because you don't necessarily need meat sure. to get protein. And another thing that we're not going to necessarily discuss is the fact that, of course, some diets might be more costly than others. And so we're not really, I guess, taking that in consideration right now. Um, I mean, I know when I go to look for the food I'm going to get, I instantly see that um, the vegetables and the fruits are pretty expensive for what you get. Um, getting whole grain stuff versus refined carbohydrates and white pasta and stuff yeah. is more expensive typically. Yeah. The healthier option is usually, I think, more expensive. You could, uh, for the most part, in a, in a yeah, lot Yeah, of... I mean, you could find contradictions to that, such as beans, right? Beans okay, sure. are super cheap. Beans are cheap as shit. But there's, yeah. yeah, there's generally, when you climb up the ladder of health, you there can be more expensive, especially when you get into organic and natural foods. The buzzwords that everybody likes. Yeah. Non-GMOs. It's more expensive to make. Omega-3s. <laughs> I feel like there's, there's all of those terms that I feel like you hear a lot, and you'll hear them come out of random people's mouths, and they just seem like, Oh, instantly fix all good things. Eat them. Oh, that's organic. Yeah, that's what people like to do. So that's that's seven overarching diets that people have, you know, suggested over the past years. So what, you know, they, they disagree on some things like meat and what levels of, of fat and carbohydrates you should eat. But overall, what's, what's the general consensus? What can we take from this? Um... And one line that I found to be, you know, pretty comprehensive is eat food, not too much, mostly plants. And I think that is an overarching theme in all of those diets we just talked about. And it'll play into some of the the more specific stuff we're going to get into after this. Yeah, I mean, that really is, I think, bottom line. Not, I mean, I want to say almost consensus that generally, yeah, what you just said you want to get most of your food from plants, which includes fruits, vegetables, whatever, whole grains, things like that. Right. Um, but yeah, you. Anyways, yeah. I think a lot. Of, I think I had a hard time initially, um, you know, dealing with this idea because it was almost like we were bending a knee to the vegans. It was like, ah, <laughs> oh, mostly plants. You know, but but in reality, we can't really be afraid of that. I I still eat animal products. I'm just, as of recently, trying to eat a lot less. And that's primarily based on these health benefits. I mean, we may not have said it earlier, but we, we're not even, we're not trying to get into any vi- environmental aspects, which yeah, a that lot of vegans would a whole new can of worms is that you. if you were trying to be environmentally sustainable, there's certainly, most positions would support obviously going full vegan. But we're not even getting there. We're really no. trying today to just, just talk about your diet so maybe all those sustainability factors do impact what you buy and how you eat but right now we're really just trying to get towards the nutritional benefits and problems of eating certain foods yeah and in all honesty 
that's the main reason I am trying to eat more, eat less meat. You're not even viewing it from a sustainable. No, no, not really. I know that's an added benefit, but I, I really do. This is the primary driver for me is what, you know, what's healthy, what's, uh, what's going to lead to reduction in, in certain diseases that would cause early death. So other things that we can draw from this, I think you, you touched on a little earlier, is that processed foods are bad. Do, do you want to talk to that anymore? I know you... Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I can pull up. Okay, yeah, Processed yeah. and refined are things... Yeah, wanna... so I mean, if you're... Two ways to kind of look at foods is you can look at whole foods, you can look at processed foods. Um, whole foods, to, to say the least, minimally processed, not really processed at all. Um where the vitamins and nutrients that are in the food are still intact. Um, it's The food's coming to you essentially in its almost natural or nearly natural state. So when you think about that, you're thinking of a lot of the things we've mentioned thus far, quality whole grains, fruits, vegetables, whatever, cage-free chicken, wild fish. You can go down the line. Um, we've already mentioned enough about the whole foods. But so what are exactly processed foods? Well, processed food... Uh, is any food that has been altered in some way during the preparation process. So examples could be if you're freezing the food, canning the food, um, mm -hmm. baking the food, or drying the food. So, you know, if you get, say, even just a can of, of green beans in some way, most likely there's already some additional salt to it maybe added or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, believe they would still be considered something like that. Yeah, and I want to kind of... Kind of um, take that point, or just disagree with that point, and really because one thing about I was, what processed foods are. Yeah, because when you say process, I, I don't necessarily think that frozen foods or canned foods are the ones that we should be worried about. And in a lot of ways, these. Well, then I mean I'm not saying they are or aren't. I'm just saying that that's the definition I've found for what processed foods are. Okay. So what do you think about when you think of processed the, foods? So the only thing I want to say there is that canned or frozen does not mean it's it's bad or worse than no, say something fresh. No, but it means fresh. it's processed. Right, but but we're we're starting to associate processed with bad because that's what we've been doing. Okay, well, okay, in that case then. Right. Okay. That's yeah. I just want to clarify that because Yeah, no, no, it's one it's, important, it's important thing I heard is that availability and price like you were talking about is a big factor for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times frozen stuff or canned stuff is much cheaper. And if they can eat, you know, if you eat frozen bag of broccoli like I'll get sometimes or a frozen bag of mixed vegetables, it's not necessarily bad. That's true. Yeah. You may have to be So cautious. the definition I found for process isn't necessarily the bad processed foods, but. Right. No, I just okay. want to clarify no, that. No, no, that, that's an important point to make. You're right. The ones I've listed off so far. Um, what else I gather is in processed foods, maybe something that makes it more clear is something, for example, like cereal, really sugared cereal. So a lot of what I gathered is. One primary driver of why processed foods are bad is because of the additives they would add. Yeah. Things like sugar and salt, yeah. like a ton of salt. Right. So that's why I was thinking of things like maybe a can of green beans because there is a lot of salt that they'll yeah. put in there that's... to soak it in salt. Sure. Um, and an additional sugar. So yeah, if you think of something like um, like probably canned fruits in some ways, they they may or may not be adding more sugar. Could but be. okay, so what do you what do you think about then when you're th thinking about processed processed um, foods? I think of on the worst end, so things that are that have like high amounts of. You're probably thinking. I think I'm more synthetic. Refined. Almost. What we were talking about when refined carbohydrates, maybe like things like that. Yeah, when you're getting like simple sugars, like I mean, I start to, like my my thought process starts at 
like candies, like processed foods. So, you know, like... Sure, yeah. And a lot of times I associate more ingredients, meaning processed, meaning bad, right? So less ingredients would be like less, more whole, um, you know, less additives. The more additives you get, you know how a lot of people say, like, never buy something with an ingredient that you don't know what it is. It's like something people, and sometimes that's unrealistic, but it's a general rule of thumb that the more additives it has, the more processed uh, it is. And generally not as good for you. But like we said, there's exceptions. And so I think another thing why, maybe we just need to dig into deeper what this whole process of freezing, canning, baking is. So think about a food that's frozen in the fridge. So one thing that I was reading about processed foods is there's things that are placed into the processed foods that allow them to be frozen again and again or whatever for whatever process or long periods of time. So in that process, again, that's yeah. if you're not getting whatever the fruit or the vegetables or the meat ready kind of, um, you need to add something to it that allows it to be preserved for a long period of time. And that happens a lot of time with some of these processed foods, I think. Yeah, I guess I imagine it like freezing is a general good preserve preservation itself. So if I just I can stick I can cut up raw broccoli put it in the freezer and it'll be good for months on end mm-hmm. and I can eat it whenever and I don't think it really loses much nutritional value by its freezing and defrosting. Um, but there are like you know buying Hungry Man or frozen meals I'm sure yeah. do have a lot of additives uh, and things that make them better for keeping in storage or in the freezer that aren't good for you necessarily. Mm. So why do we jump into the processed foods? What, what were we talking about? For the, we, what uh, we were saying that overall consensus of the diets, you know, oh, less okay. processed food eats more whole, okay, um, minimal ingredient foods, which we kind of got a little off topic there. I'm just trying to draw some stuff from these diets in general. Like I said earlier, mostly plants. I think everything is pointing towards that direction. And that's a big point to make. Don't eat too much. Just an overarching theme that these diets really don't even address directly, but I think they all address indirectly in some manner. Mm. Well, why don't I think we might run into some more if we jump into the study right, on the blue zones. You're right. You're right. Um, we have a decent amount of time left, but we. But I think it would be maybe good to just start jumping to blue zones because okay. then we can kind of re-reference some of these things or, you know, if we need to clarify some yeah. things, we can do that. Yeah, so I mentioned blue zones, and I didn't tell anybody what a blue zone was, and you may or may not have heard of the blue zones. But uh, in general, in Dewey, you can jump in when it feels fit. Dan Butner. I believe in 2004, kind of set out with um, some some global health agencies to study communities with a with a uniquely high number of centenarians or people that live to be over 100. So he's looking at longevity, which again draws back to preventing diseases that are killing most people, right? And he found. I think he, he went and studied all over the world at certain regions, and he deemed five specific regions to be called blue zones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of the popularity, he published it in a big 
he's a National Geographic fellow, and he, I know he published it in one of their, you know, their big articles. Um, he also, later on, I think five years after the study was released, he published his own book on it, which became a New York Times bestseller. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's gotten a lot of credibility, and as you were mentioning earlier, he's been referenced in a lot yeah. of studies. So a pretty prominent figure, um, um, really, and, and mainly from this study he's done on the blue zones, which are these specific spots that he found over the world with these, I don't know if I'm going to say it right, centenarians. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so let's talk a little bit more about, so what were some of the areas then that um, he that he found where there were higher amounts of centenarians? Yeah, so five five different regions he deemed to meet the, the criteria. I don't know exactly the number of or percentage of centenarians, but I think he established some number. So the number, or not number one, these are not in no specific order. Um, one of them was Loma Linda, California, which is can be surprising for people because nobody would expect to see that in the U.S. But this is a um, region in California with uh, Seventh-day Adventist. That's their uh, religion. And they adhere to some very strict um, dietary rules. I know they don't drink. They don't smoke. Um, they eat a mostly plant-based diet and um, some other things. Another one, Sardinia, Italy. This points back to the Mediterranean diet that we spoke to earlier, following a very um, strict, what we call Mediterranean diet. The Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica is another one. Um, Icaria in Greece is the fourth one, which would also, I believe, fall into a very Mediterranean maybe more so than the Italian um, island of Sardinia. And the last one is Okinawa, Japan, which I think a lot of people generally associate Japan with the mm. healthy eating styles. Lots of like beans and tea, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, so do we have, do you have any information on specifically what like types of uh, so foods in some of these areas? I mean, I guess we could look, if, if we're thinking about it, I mean... So, for example, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some of the, some of the foods, common food groups that we might find oh, yeah. in some of these areas. Yeah. yeah, I mean, overarching themes, we won't dive into, you know, to each diet specifically, but overarching themes tend to be a plant-rich diet, um, similar to a vegetarian diet, lots of beans. If they do eat meat, and this is across all the zones, it's in very small portions. Um, blue zoners, on average, eat less than about five ounces of meat per week. Yeah, which so, is basically nothing on our on American I, standards. Yeah, I mean, what what's five ounces of beef? Maybe a chicken patty. <laughs> once maybe a f- yeah, once five once chicken nuggets. Yeah, is, so very low ounces. consumptions of meat is pretty clear across most of those findings. Right. Which, in contrast to the standard American diet, we see, you know, meat is almost every meal. At least that's how I, we grew up. No, I mean, I almost like perceive it that way. It's like you have, you know, like a, a side of some carb, and then you have your meat, which is pr- primarily your whatever protein, and then you imagine your vegetables, which is, uh, you know, another carb, but you would think of that as more probably the healthier right. carbs. Um but yeah, it definitely is become, I think, like a central um, 
main ingredient to what right in, into most people's dinner um you know i mean really breakfast lunch and dinner really almost on all parts of the yeah. day really yeah i think that's going to be one of the hardest things as i try my personally i try to drive towards you know taking stuff from these blue zones try to drive towards a diet with less meat that's going to be one of the i think hardest things for me to do is making meals making most of my meals not centralized on a meat right mm-hmm. i think that's gonna be difficult because i grew up like you said eating at least my lunch and dinner would have a meat in it if not yeah, breakfast sure i think when i was looking through this i realized well uh, like my i guess main uh, uh, like thing that i am attempting to change and that i want to adjust mm-hmm. is moving to um more um what do you call them? Com- I guess it would be complex carbohydrates, sure. less refined carbohydrates. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I've noticed over, you know, um, my recent, you know, staying out my own in D.C. for a while, um, typically I look at, you know, I'm looking at something, a, a typical meal would be like, okay, um, cook pasta one night, okay, cook uh, Mexican one night. And I'm going to usually look at, I'm looking for, so for pasta, and I'm just going to find like a white pasta. And then if I'm looking for um, Mexican, I might look at white rice or white flour, torti- tortilla, flour yeah. tortillas. Yeah. And so that's one thing that I've noticed that is um, extremely important to adjust to is is definitely minimizing and going to, say, whole grain rice. or And I didn't really used to think of that as that big of, uh, yeah. um, as that big of a deal. But yeah. it certainly is, the more I read about it, the, the big difference between whites, basically what you think of as white, you know, right. carbs or whatever, and then... Wonder Bread. And then whole grain. Um, no, it's it's funny because our whole lives, you know, mom's been teaching us, eat eat whole grains, eat your wheat bread, you know, don't don't eat too much of the white stuff. But then again, I think that gets, gets lost in the churn of the other diets, and people kind of put more emphasis on this or that, and you're like, eh, it kind of gets lost. And I think that's... Kind of what yeah, and then saying. you can kind of give examples. Be like, oh, well, I'm eating healthy here. You know, I'm not eating like fried food or at all. I have a serving of vegetables. Yeah, and so yeah, there's ways you can get around. You can tell yourself, you know, things to get around it. Yeah. Um, but like for me, that's certainly the most immediate because I realize I'm almost eating like literally like refined carbs, like almost every not every meal, but every dinner meal at least, you yeah. know, which is, well, actually, no, yeah, even in breakfast too, because I'll eat bagels, like, yeah. I love everything bagels, like, one of my favorite things in the world, I'll eat it for breakfast and sometimes lunch too, and, yeah, and, again, I'm still eating refined carbs, so, important now you're switching to I got I got yeah, read, read too much about which it, Which is what yeah. dad just bought upstairs. Yeah, he's, yep, we're, we're moving it in the right direction, I, you know, gotta make these changes, uh, I'll probably still eat white bagels occasionally because they're they just taste so good. But anyways, besides the point, I'm just getting to, you know, there's there's things in our lives that, you know, you you'll notice, I guess, when you look at it that there's reasonable changes that you can make. Um it, you don't have to make all of them at once. You don't have to whatever, go to extremely low meat. You don't have to go to all whole grains. You don't have to eat all primarily vegetables and fruits. But it's important to pick out things and know things that are primary in your diet and make small adjustments if, if you can. Um, and one thing, again, for me that makes it difficult is costs. Mm-hmm. Um, being out on my own, you know, you, it's hard to definitely, again, you know, afford to eat healthy. Yeah. Um, so one of my solutions has been 
what, you know, eating less in general and not allowing myself, not buying the food in the first place because if I don't have accessibility to it, to a lot of food, then, you know, I'm going to eat less generally. So, yeah. yeah. No, all good points. And I think we should get back to the blue zones and, you know, what we're trying to do because I think we started to read into the blue zones and it, it really, it really struck a chord for me because I was like, there's all these studies showing different things, but the blue zones are, are pretty, they've been cited in a lot of papers and reference, cross-referenced all the time because they are these communities that have these fairly contained diets and they're seeing this longevity, you know? They're seeing this um, mm-hmm. abnormal longevity that other regions are not seeing. So we're not going to explain the super complex science behind that or whether or not it's even directly related to the food, but there is this high correlation that we're seeing between the foods they eat and the general trends, that's, which we're not done going through yet, and this longevity and preventing diseases, living a long and healthy life. Yeah, and I think one part of, one primary kind of idea surrounding our you know our podcast is we're thinking where, uh, like, you know, in, in the future, where is something like this going to go? Where is... Um, food consumption going to go and as more information is revealed and it's more clear which diets are optimal for longevity um, I think people are going to start thinking about it more and more Um, it's certainly going to be more common to eat healthier I mean I think Mm -hmm. it is slowly um, but I think especially America but I'm sure there's you know plenty of other places in the world there is uh, there's such a I think a a blurring of the lines between what is healthy and what's not healthy and there's so much false kind of advertising that is pushing people not necessarily away from certain foods but it's just not it's not allowing clarification for the fact that some of these foods are bad um so that's kind of a whole nother uh i think idea for another time yeah the fact that the the our kind of capitalistic society is making it difficult to move away from these foods that we're now learning are are bad um but yeah, do we want to? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Let's let's uh, let's finish the blue zones because I I jumped into that and we got a little off. Okay. Our topic, um, like we were saying. Okay, don't eat too much meat. Eat meat in small portions. That's what the blue zoners do. That's how they live long. Another key thing that's common across all these blue zones is uh, they generally stop eating when they're about eighty percent full. They don't. You know, they don't overeat. Oh, okay, I didn't like, even hear that part. Yeah, they don't overeat like I would consider most Americans do, you know, when we get our giant portions at Cheddar's or Texas Roadhouse <laughs> or Golden Corral. The buffets, baby. Um, another key takeaway from these zones is they eat the smallest meal um, in the late afternoon or evening, which generally means they eat a big breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, that's well. That's a which is also your nickname, Big Breakfast. Big yeah, breakfast. <laughs> my my nick. I, I I know totally is. I uh, yeah, without a doubt, breakfast is certainly my favorite meal of the day. Um, but yeah, it's important that they're not eating big meals later. Um, I know a common problem amongst me and probably many people in college is, uh, you know, you're out late and you just want to just maybe you've been busy studying or maybe you've been drinking or partying, and you come back and you just want to eat. And that's yeah. the worst time to eat is right before you fall asleep. I think so. Because then that food's just going to sit. Yeah. 
you're not even standing up. You're just sitting there, and your food's just... Yeah. So what the study, again, is saying is, yeah, it's probably good to stay away from... Um, if you're taking whatever, taking the study, you know, uh, with some fashion or whatever, then, yeah, it's probably not good to eat a lot of your calories right before you go to bed. Right. And this is something that kind of contradicts my my daily habits, and I may try to adjust. Considering I don't usually eat breakfast and I just eat two meals a day, my bigger meal tends to be my dinner. Um, mm. mm-hmm. So maybe I'll look into changing that. Last but not least, one of the commonalities between the centenarian zones is they drink alcohol moderately and regularly. I love that. So one to two glasses a day. And uh, I believe this is primarily red wine, but I don't like to limit it like that. So Because we don't drink primarily red wine. Anyway, I think red wine has some proven health benefits, maybe more so than the other white wine or beer or... Do we want to say why? Why is it white wine? Or why is it wine? No, I don't want to get into that. I know you want to say, talk about resveratrol. Oh, I just wanted to mention that. I mean, if, if they haven't heard it, us talk about it before. But then... there's other things to red wine, I believe. Is there? But, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. That might make it different. There's other things that are like resveratrol. Mm, okay. They're called phenyl something. Chemicals that can help longevity, prevent heart disease, things like that. Okay. That's just something that the, the blue zoners do. Um, well, that could also, I mean, again, it, it could also play into the fact that, and I know you're probably thinking this as well, that drinking alcohol is probably going to mean a lot of times you're going to be socializing with other people, yeah. or it's going to be a for a force for relaxation. Right. In some cases, you know, if you know you're stressed out with work, it's a good thing to to zone out for a little bit, set your mind on something else, relax, drink a beer, hang out with friends. And that's, that's, yeah, that's how I interpret that point. Not necessarily that red wine or alcohol has these crazy health benefits, but mainly, like I said, stress reliever. I think stress can kill people faster than food can, and as in a social setting, like you said. And then we can draw it out and say, what, what are the centenarians, just to address this, what are the centenarians doing outside of their, their diets that we went through. Um, and that's the strong social ties, good family bonds. You know, they're always sitting around to eat at the table with their family. I'm sure they're having a lot of, of social events. They have a close community in a lot of ways. Low to no rates of smoking, um, as well as consistent and moderate physical activity. Just some general trends, because as like we said, we can't say that diet is... The only reason they're living to be over 100. It seems to be certainly a commonality amongst a lot of the different areas, the blue zone areas, is that they're eating similar diets. Right, and they're doing the things we just just said. So, if we want to give some specific foods, you know, I have a lot of the specific foods that these blue zoners eat that are common across all the zones, which, which is really interesting. I think compelling evidence to. Yo, I'll bet beans are on there for sure. And beans are the first one. Beans are black, white, beans lentils, garbanzos, That's indisputable. Soybeans, I've heard so much about beans being amazing for you. Yeah, yeah. I love beans, too. Can't deny it. Beans are... Yeah, no, I, I really like beans, too. I mean, amazing. I can't deny they upset my stomach sometimes. <laughs> Make me a little gassy, like I like most people, I think, or a lot of people. But they're Yo, good it's worth you. the gas, though. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Keep telling me that. Uh, 
so beyond that, nuts, all different kinds of nuts. This is just like pretty much all these groups eat. Fruits of all kinds are, are good to go. Greens, of course, spinach, kale, chards, beet tops, fennel, anything you think of that's green and a good color, I think. Sweet potatoes is a big one that drives a lot of these diets. What Wasn't there one diet that we saw that was a crazy percentage of sweet potatoes? Yeah, no, that was one of the ones you showed. The Which one was it? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I think it might have been the, uh, I think I have, not the, not the Arkanawas. It's not Japan. Not California. I thought it was like a more of a, I don't know, but but they but it was I think fi- consisting of fifty percent of their diet. I think I remember seeing that sweet potatoes. I saw seventy. Seventy. It was seventy percent. That's ridiculous. Uh, but it, yeah, sweet potatoes certainly seem to be also another one of those kind of superfoods almost. Yeah, like a magical vegetable, and they, and they contain a lot of carbohydrates. They're relatively filling. Um, I like to put a little brown sugar and butter on mine, but I'm sure they'd be healthier without that. And that's something I really was driven to because I think they, they taste good as well. But they Yeah, I've been developing more of a taste for sweet. I, I used to not. There's something about sweet potatoes I didn't like, but I'm definitely slowly starting to like mixing. I don't necessarily like sweet potatoes on their own is what I know. As like a they baked bl- potato. They blend. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. Not like a sweet, yeah. not a sweet potato as a baked potato, but... Like chopped up sweet potatoes, maybe and mixed in with like a salad or something yeah. else like that. I noticed that they they just add a lot of flavor. They're a good additive to well, some. some yeah, other I mean, mom, I didn't even know they had. They had they sell little chopped up sweet potatoes, frozen sweet potatoes that I think would be just great because you could just put them in a little mix, put them on the stove top, and yeah, quick and easy, and probably sure. not that expensive. What is more, <sighs> oats, oatmeal. Um, porridge get your porridge i think you're not not i would avoid your quick cook oats more of your uh harder i'm not a big oat guy but i think they're like slow slow <laughs> I, cooked I can't oats i can't speak what, to that i'm not a big oat guy either i might start I, I never really ate oatmeal for breakfast so you actually do feel good when you eat oatmeal. but for i don't eat a good amount of bars with oats in it like yeah you know certainly do thing. i mean i love like granola granola is pretty sweet yeah uh barley just a grain that's common <laughs> across these. No comment. <laughs> I forgot what barley was. Uh, olive oil, that was huge in the Mediterranean diet. But I think that's, and that's that's kind of a good thing for everyone to know because. Well, it's a good substitute for butter. Right, it's a substitute for butter. Don't use canola oil. Just use olive oil because that's what. Uh, that's what the blue has proven do. result. <laughs> no, but seriously, I. I I think there's... No, I've, there's been several things I've heard about definitely olive oil um, being good for you. Yeah. Just use olive oil. Do you, what do you cook your eggs in? Olive oil. Yeah. No, I, I'm not a guy who uses butter still. <laughs> I don't throw like a slab of butter on the do. skillet. I really? Eat, yeah. Well, I eat eggs rarely, but when I do, I... Dude, I think the olive oil tastes... I think, honestly, the, I like the taste of the it, olive yeah. oil. Yeah. No, my, my, my go-to breakfast as of late is... Yeah, obviously I'm doing the pan with olive oil, but then I'll have a bagel with cream cheese, egg, yeah. tomatoes, and cilantro on top of that. Yeah. Arugula, sorry, not cilantro. For some not reason cilantro. I mix those up. Right. Um, okay. You're making me too hungry. Uh, bread wise, as Dewey mentioned earlier. Can you? Do, okay, just to clarify, you keep calling me Dewey, but my name's Will. So. Everyone knows you as Dewey. Not everyone. Now they do. Bread wise, 
we said 100% whole wheat or sourdough. Interestingly oh, enough, sourdough is actually pretty good for you. Yeah, you, and you then, think of it, it's kind of you know, white that's looking, one thing but... that I would have thought of as more bad. I but I I've always been I actually ate a lot of sourdough. You're a big sourdough in, guy. Back in, in the college, day. I'm not kidding you. In college, if I was going to get like our our main sandwich place, I would always get sourdough. They had sourdough. And now they might have found a way knowing our school How to do you somehow know it was sourdough. They told me it was sourdough. Okay. Yeah, it might have had some different things. It might not have been good sourdough, but it was sourdough. So there's some uh, a couple points for me there. Health points. Health points. And uh, we haven't talked about liquids much because, well, you know, you should really only drink water. But the Blue Zones drink water, coffee, tea, and red wine. And that's kind of... Uh, I feel like that's definitely mainly pretty uh, standard across the board. A lot of people do, yeah. So obviously, what are we eliminating? Some of your favorites. Well, that don't don't (laughs) obviously sodas in there, but you have to also include sweet juice beverages that a lot of people like, like orange juice, apple juice. Yeah, all those. I mean, they're all super sweet. Um, Certainly bad. Yeah, general consensus across the blue zones is water, coffee, tea, red wine. Period. Yeah. Don't drink any soft drinks. Don't drink any sweet juices. And that that's pretty good. I mean, I love coffee and tea, and obviously red wine's nice. Yeah. No problem with it. If only they drank the occasional beer. Yeah, you have to look in it. I don't know. I feel like beer wouldn't... No, I don't think it's terrible for yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily that bad. Okay. Those are the foods that you should uh, aim to if you want to live to be 100. Foods to avoid... Well, one thing in particular, meat, especially the processed meat. Certainly processed meat, or in a lot of cases, fried meat. Fried meat? (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking of of chicken tenders, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, that's that's true. Well, like fried food well, too. Well, I, I mean, if you're going to like fast meat. food, most foods fried. Like they still fry their burgers and fryers. They still do sure. a lot of. So yeah. I mean, I'm just that adds a lot of the oils and the fats and and different things. Not to if you're it. cooking in olive oil. I don't know. What, I don't know what <laughs> McDonald's is doing, but it can't Not be good. Olive oil. I see them pull their burgers out of those trays, and it just looks. just limit the meat consumption as we were talking about that's (laughs) something that we're going to try to do is cut back on how much meat you're actually eating um and avoid yeah just just try to find replacements another thing that the blues owners avoid dairy to too much of your disappointment yeah unfortunately dairy's on there that's Honestly, I've been saying there's a lot of big things that I got a lot of problems with these diets, and it's true. But there's more that I'm that I'm avoiding, and dairy is dairy's probably one of my favorite. Cheese is probably my yeah. favorite thing on this yeah. earth, and so that's certainly hard for me to think that I have to somehow uh, limit the amount of, of cheese I eat. But actually, yeah. a lot of the diets still allow you to eat these things. It's just in smaller amounts. Yeah, I mean, like, you just can't eat a block a week like me. Right, you just limit the amount you eat. Same same goes for eggs, right? At the most, the, these these blue zoners eat like three eggs per week, no more. Right? They're they're just not over consuming these. Things. Yeah, I even read that sometimes one egg in the morning for breakfast actually on yeah. some Mediterranean diet, some Mediterranean yeah. standards. 
uh, is okay. To, is okay to eat. Yeah. Sure. But just but not again, too many. Yeah. But eggs. Obviously, I have to clarify this because the grocery store used to mix me up because they would put eggs in the dairy section. Made yeah. me think for the longest time that eggs were dairy. They are right. not dairy. Right. Dairy includes foods produced from the milk of animals, and those yeah. are not eggs. Yogurt. But milk, we're talking about cheese. eggs in addition because they're another Sour thing cream. on some of these diets that you don't want to eat too much of, similar to cheese, yogurt, milk, ice cream, whatever. Yeah, and we're saying this very ignorantly because we don't have you know the direct science saying eggs are bad for this and this or that reason but we are you know using the evidence from these blue zones and saying this is what they do they're living long and healthy lives maybe we should think about adapting some of their dietary values so the the worst i would have to say in my opinion is sugar right added sugars packaged sweets and soft drinks these are things that should be avoided at all cost, and maybe only on Christmas Eve and Christmas we can have these things, right? Like today? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair exception. And it's tough. That's that's probably the toughest for me, you know, because I'm always craving a cookie or a sweet after cookie. after my meal. Yeah, you're a big sweet sweets guy after after yeah, dinner. I am. So that's, that's a tough one, but... I get my sweets in liquid form. Sugar spike, right? You know? Just sending all that simple, those simple carbohydrates into your body, and you're just—it's a little too much, a little too much. Alrighty. Wait. I already said bread. Okay. Bread. Once again, I think a key point, a key statement is: eat food, <laughs> not too much, mostly plants. Exactly. If that's gonna be the takeaway, that's great. That's the takeaway that we found. And primarily the work, the looking up, the things that we've done, the commonalities between the past decades, what they've said, basically that statement. Yeah. Um, goes without saying we don't – we didn't obviously get around to everything. Um, of course not. Certainly not talking about the quantity of food you eat, which I think we'll do on another podcast because, again, things like intermittent fasting, uh, mm-hmm. long, more long-term fasting, just caloric restriction, things like that. We have, uh, I guess, heard a lot about recently, so it's sparked our interest, and we think it's really uh, useful to know. So I think we'll definitely do that on another podcast, yeah. um, talk about that. Um, but yeah, just in terms of, of quality, some of the takeaways, yeah, uh, like that, that statement you basically said, are one of the, it's one of the main takeaways when yeah. thinking about the, the quality of food you're eating. So you want to keep that in mind. Yeah. And these are just Which general, you're eating as well. general guidelines and um, key takeaways that we're taking from the Blue Zone study, the just commonalities between all general studies, g- general diets, I'm sorry. And I think one thing to keep in mind is that people do have specific things that they react to and are better for them. Oh, I think that's yeah. something that's going to be prevalent in future um, within future diet There's certainly a thing with personalized diets, yeah. Personalized medicine is going to be like just like personalized diets. Yeah. It's going to be very important who you are, how you react to certain things. There's studies showing, you know, how we have much different responses to specific things. One person's blood sugar may spike because they eat a carrot, and that may be more than when somebody or when they eat an ice cream, and vice versa for someone else. There's very specific things that um yeah so this is more of i guess an overall on average uh mm-hmm. you know what foods could be good for most people yeah. but yeah it's not to say that there could be a person listening or you know plenty of people in the world that 
some of these diets actually, uh, for the most part, some of the things on these diets might not uh, go well with uh, the predispositions that one person has the, uh, of their, you know, the way that their body's, their body yeah. might react badly to, uh, to potentially to some of the things in these diets. Yeah, and I think as the science gets better, we're going to see more personalized diets become, <clears throat> you know, get some test done and say, hey, this is what we think you should eat. You know, you're lactose intolerant. Don't touch dairy. Sure. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah, definitely. I want to definitely go in and get, uh, you told me there's a couple of things that you've done just in terms of your different types of blood, like blood, whatever levels and stuff. Oh, you stuff. can check vitamin levels, which is yeah. one thing we didn't even, you know, get into because oh, we just yeah. skimmed the surface. But vitamins are an important part of, of a lot of these foods that we're recommending. And I think the blue zoners don't take multivitamins. They get all their vitamins from Yeah, food. strictly from food. Mm-hmm. But as to your point, you can go to the lab, um, get a blood test, and have most of your common vitamin levels checked. Make yeah. sure. And that's so if you do need to take vitamins or you do need to eat more specific types of foods, it'd yeah. Be, yeah, good to know that. It's good but, to check. check All righty, you think we've we've certainly only brushed the surface, but I think we had a decent conversation about yeah, yeah really just scratching the quality of food you eat and what types of food generally are undisputably um, good for you, and which. Foods are undisputably bad for you. Yeah. So, um... You want to say it one more time? The quote? Yeah. You can say it. I already... Uh, I mean, I get the gist of it, but I, I can't say it, the whole quote. I don't have it memorized. What is it? Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Okay. Well, you heard it, folks. Thanks again for another good podcast. Um, I know we certainly didn't meet our time of getting within our bi-weekly... Um, release of this podcast but christmas is a busy time oh uh, we're christmas. wishing a happy holidays to everyone listening um yes. probably listen to this after christmas but as well happy new year yeah uh, merry christmas happy holidays hopefully you start out the new year um with a good diet yep <laughs> thanks everybody see ya <laughs>